Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. We wrap up our final three parts of our interview with Mario Vitanzi and Patrick Coyote on today's brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, where we talk about Drew Locke and some of the quarterback prospects in this year's draft class. We hear from Mario and Patrick on their thoughts on the outlook for the Broncos coming into free agency and the NFL draft. Welcome back into a brand new episode, Lockdown Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Lockdown NFL Network, your team every day. From the South Stands to the end zone, I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst at Pro footballnetwork.com and Broncos Insider for the Lockdown NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Lockdown Broncos. Make sure you guys are subscribed to this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Radio.com for daily exclusive Denver Broncos news, content, and coverage that you can't get anywhere else. 30 minutes or less, we bring all the heat to you in a jam-packed episode all year long. But with that said, ladies and gentlemen, hope you guys are doing well. Happy Tuesday all across Broncos country. We have a lot of fun information coming from Patrick Chiodi and Mario Vitanzi on today's episode of the show as we conclude with the final three parts of our interview. So I'm not going to keep you waiting, Broncos country. You guys have loved the energy of what these guys have been bringing to the table. We love the conversation. It was a great one all around, and we're going to continue it right here, right now. So so let's roll the tape here with parts four, five, and six of our interview with Mario Vitanzi and Patrick Chiodi. The people that are really upset about the growth of Drew Locke are, are they'd be equally upset about the growth and progression of Trey Lance. I, I think that Trey Lance has great tools and he's going to be very talented and he's still young, which is fantastic. But the level of competition always comes into play. How well is he going to be in the NFL uh, facing NFL level competition? And is he going to be able to process the, the game at the same speed? There's a lot of question marks. And so he had one game in 2020 and it was probably the worst game of his career considering the COVID offseason and everything along those lines. I mean, it it made sense to why he struggled, but everyone's relying just on physical tools, right? Physical tools are great, right? But it's about the mental. He had a lot of physical tools too, bro. Can you, can you progress? Can you read an NFL defense? Can you do all these things? Can you do what your coach is asking you to do? I mean, those are the biggest factors. It was like, Oh, you got to go with arm talent. Well, guess what? Drew Locke had arm talent coming into the yeah. NFL. Yep. And all of a sudden, it, you know, it's now an issue. And the, the issue I have with the argument against Drew Locke that people have is the fact that they're saying, okay, look, he, you know, he isn't the guy. We don't have enough data, in my opinion, to say he is or isn't the guy. Yes, you know what the thing that Drew has to absolutely improve on? His decision-making. His footwork has to improve a little bit more. But these are things that are fixable. I mean, you're taking a guy there, and this is what Ian Rappaport had told me too. You don't just get rid of a guy that you believe has potential. And the Broncos internally, they believe that Drew Locke has potential. They believe that he has that, but they want to bring in competition because guess what? Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco wasn't going to be a guy that was going to help Drew Locke grow in that locker room. No. Drew Locke's journey in the NFL was expedited by Joe Flacco's injury. And then Brandon Allen, obviously that whole situation played out right there. But then in, in 2020, guess what? You bring in Jeff Trisco, who you know is not going to compete or even like challenge or threaten That was Drew the biggest Locke. mistake that they made in terms of quarterback. It, it really was. And I and I believe if George Payton was here last year, I don't believe that happens. I believe that this is the the real year we're going to see Drew Locke. He's going to enter training camp with competition, and there's going to be somebody that's going to be nipping at his heels. And, and hopefully is somebody that, if he does beat him out, is going to help him along the way. But That's why it needs to be Ryan Fitzpatrick, man. 
get Fitz Magic in here yesterday. But he doesn't want to be a mentor, though. Fitzpatrick wants to start. He wants to be that guy, but, even but though he's at, old. But look at the but look at the relationship that he had with Tua, man. It was great. It was fantastic. I you want that. that, and it's like, and that's rare, okay. And I get it. If you're a quarterback in this league and you feel like you can still play, it's a catch-22 because the Broncos want a guy that can still play, like a la Andy Dalton, let's say, or Ryan Fitzpatrick. I get it. Those dudes still want to start, but you're not going to have a capable backup if he's not able to start. So that mindset is fine. But if Fitzpatrick, like even if he doesn't end up starting, he's going to be a great teacher for a dude like Drew Locke, whereas Joe Flacco didn't care. No. No, well, I even think about it too. Like, if I'm Drew Locke, I'm begging Peyton Man, like, "Hey, Peyton, look, man, I would this season. I want, I'll pay you, but I want you to help me every single week. I want, I want to learn the way you did, right?" And Peyton's giving a couple of tips and tricks here and there, but I think Drew Locke needs the Peyton Manning off season. With now, Peyton let Manning. me let me ask you guys this. Let's assume that Josh Allen was on this team and he just had the second season statistically that Josh Allen had. In his second year, do you think that Broncos fans would be satisfied with that? No, no. Oh, I've said it here no before. Chance. No chance. And the reason that that team made the playoffs the year before, they were carried largely by their defense. Their offense didn't put up a lot of points, and they, you know, they almost won just not despite Josh Allen, but Josh Allen wasn't the reason that they were winning those games. They had an excellent team around him. Fast forward to year three, where now Josh Allen is an MVP caliber player. What do you think Bronco fans would have thought if he had those stats in his second year? They'd be like, we gave him two years. He was a first round pick. He's no good. You know who says that kind of stuff? The filthy casual fanboys who don't actually know anything. It all comes full circle. Stop listening to those people. As you can tell, Mario's always fired up here, but this is a great conversation. One of the things we're going to talk about, too, is kind of the hindsight. We're going to take a look in comparison to what the expectations were for Paxton Lynch when he was coming in as the Broncos quarterback, where the Broncos organization went wrong in terms of quarterback development, and why Gary Kubiak was like, hey, look, Paxton isn't ready. We revisit this conversation with Mario Batanzi and Patrick Kilty. But before we do that, folks, i got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag. And BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all all your sports action and football may be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and the NHL, they're in full swing. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV with real-time updated odds and props on almost anything that you can imagine. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bet, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit by using promo code LOCKEDON. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. What I even want to throw back to Paxton Lynch's rookie season, the Atlanta Falcons game, he got an opportunity to play, and he looked raw, right? But then remember when he actually got the start against the Jacksonville Jaguars, how bad he really looked? Like, it wasn't pretty. Completely unprepared. It It was a completely different guy than I think what we saw even at Memphis. But then when you're playing at a a school that's, I'm sorry, they're not playing like the Alabamas of the world, you're going to look like that. And, And look, Atlanta, their defense was legit that damn year. And they made his life a living hell. And he just couldn't respond from it. I mean, his confidence was broken before he even stepped on the field. And that was more so, that wasn't against the coaching staff. Gary Kubiak, who we know all very well, knows quarterbacks. He knew at that time, it was like, hey, look, I I can't with this guy. He's just, he's not it. He refused to play him in a meaningless game. Yep. Week 17 against the team. If that doesn't speak volumes about a guy where it's like the, the, the outcome of this game does not matter 
at all. And he still didn't play. I mean, he was even like, uh, you know, maybe I'll put him in at halftime and didn't. Yeah, no, that was a, it was a mess. I think the, the situation with, with Drew versus like the situation with Paxton, you had one guy who was like super, you know, super hyped up because he had these abilities. He was a big quarterback and he was mobile and, and all this stuff. And and then you had Drew Locke who like, he really didn't get all of the hype, but like he, we knew he had a big arm, but he played in the sec and he broke records in the sec. Right. So we knew that he could play against that level of competition and it, the attitudes are just completely different. And I wish people would look at that a little bit more. Like football is not just everything that's on the field. You know, it's, it's things off the field. Paxton Lynch was like, <laughs> was like Jamarcus Russell 2.0. Like it exactly. just didn't care. Like came in, was just expected to start, you know, expected was, to have he was the He was the heir yeah. apparent, bro. Yeah. And he got the sports illustrated cover. I remember. And, I remember that. Tr- they trot Trevor Simeon out week one and, uh, you know, and, and, that was a fixed competition. That was a fixed competition that he could not even win. That's exactly. how bad he was. There was absolutely no intention for Trevor Simeon to ever start. They stacked the Santa. deck. <laughs> exactly. They stacked the deck in his favor, and he was so bad. He couldn't win a fixed competition. So I, I think, you know, looping everything back, I think with Locke this year, the the really important thing is bringing in a, a quarterback who is legitimate competition. Jeff Driscoll was not legitimate competition. Joe Brett Flacco Rippin was a better quarterback than Driscoll. Brett, Brett Rippin, and I, I, I would love to see them keep Brett Rippin and, and kind yes. of develop him in, into this this backup oh, quarterback. Brett, Rippin's not going anywhere. Yeah, he's gonna be a so, he's gonna be a career you know, career oh, backup yeah. guy that he'll, he'll bounce around and, but he'll, he'll have a job for a long time. But I think that, I think that the focus needs to be bringing in a true veteran competition quarterback, like an Andy Dalton, you know, if, if Ryan Fitzpatrick can't find any work, which I w- I would imagine that he will find work somewhere, uh, probably somewhere worn, you know, uh, even, jo- even a guy like maybe Josh McCown, who's been in this league for a long time. He he's one of the smarter guys in the league. Um, you know, it doesn't mind taking that mentor role, uh, just to kind of push drew and, and just say, Hey, like, here's what you need to do to get better. Here's how you guide yourself to being a starting quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think that that's going to be the biggest, the biggest thing that they need to do in order for drew lock to succeed. They didn't do that with Paxton Lynch and Paxton Lynch failed. Drew lock is a second round pick. So he doesn't have these lofty expectations on him. So, you know, he just needs an opportunity for him to have a full offseason to grow and have a, a true veteran mentor there to kind of guide him along this journey. It, it, it's it's really valuable. It, I just I don't understand why the majority of teams don't do this. They, you know, bring in they already have a young quarterback and they bring in another young quarterback and it just doesn't end well. So. Poorly run organizations do that, you know, and here's something I also want to throw out there, too, despite the fact that Drew Locke probably and it's a good thing he hasn't really been on social media. But you're seeing if I'm in Drew Locke's shoes, I'm seeing all these these blogs. I'm seeing all these people talk about uh, bring in this guy, get rid of Drew Locke. Well, here's the deal. Teams have called the Broncos about Drew Locke and they've said, look, we're not trading Drew. We're not sorry. Like we're not doing that. But the thing that that stands out to me is that despite all that talk, despite everything, Drew is at the team facility every single day. 
He's throwing, he's working, he's getting a lift in. And obviously, you know, guys like Cortland Sutton, you know, one of his top targets, he's going through rehab and, and obviously training as well there. So he, he's around the building. That tells me that he cares. He wants to put the work in. It's not just a facade here. And look, I think we're going to really see where Drew Locke is at here in 2021. And, and the thing is, everyone says, look, if you're if you give any praise to Drew Locke, then you're a Drew Locke stand. If you give any hate to Drew Locke, you're a Drew Locke hater. I don't think it's that. I mean, I think real legitimate people have opinions that use logic in this situation. Say, look, Drew did these things really well. However, he has to improve on this, 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 and this. And he may or may not be the guy. Like, I don't know what the argument is. I don't know why it's such a toxic talking point. Say, look, we haven't clearly seen enough of Drew just yet to say, hey, he is or he isn't the guy. This year, I think we will. We'll we'll have a true measure as to where Drew Locke is at. Well, Cody, it's a polarizing thing because people want to believe in Drew Locke and the people that want to believe in Drew Locke get ostracized by the people who don't want to believe in Drew Locke because their narrative is that Drew Locke is not the guy. We can be realistic and level-headed people and say, we honestly don't know to this point, but it would be foolish. It's like, unless, yeah, let's, let's, let's exist in a fantasy land where you can actually get Deshaun Watson and it's not going to cost you an arm and a leg and then your other leg and then your other arm, okay? If you can acquire a guy like Deshaun Watson, does he make you an automatic contender? Yeah. I mean, the roster around him, the weapons that he has around him, blah, 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 but that's not a reality. If we're existing in reality, the best case scenario is that you give Drew one more year and he sinks or swims. And if Drew has a similar kind of year as last year, like maybe he cleans up some stuff, but he doesn't take that next step, then you know that he's not the guy. But you do not you do not give up on a person before, you know, especially in like in the league where it's so hard to find a starting quarterback. And if he takes that next step, like how stupid are all of these filthy little casuals going to feel that they were trying to push him out the door? And then the thing is that they're going to find some, you know, some hidden meaning behind all of the crap that they were spewing. He's like, oh, well, I always wanted him to succeed. I just didn't think he would. It's like the same thing with Garrett Bowles, right? Like they were all pushing Garrett Bowles out the door. Garrett Bowles ends up being, you know, an all pro. They're like, oh, well, I'm glad that he did. And it's like, no, you weren't realistic with your expectations. Okay. That's what it is with Drew Locke. Drew Locke is going to start this year. And if you're listening to this and you're hoping for Deshaun Watson, I'm so sorry to have to be the one to tell you this. Deshaun Watson is not going to be the Broncos quarterback. Not going to happen. And if it does, guess what? I will come out publicly and say, man, I sure was stupid because I guaranteed that Deshaun Watson wouldn't be the quarterback. And look, there's number four under center for the Denver Broncos. I will run naked in the streets if I have to. I have no problem being wrong. But we're talking about realistic expectations. Drew Locke is going to be the quarterback. He's either going to sink or swim. But for the love of God, give the guy a chance and let him do so. Give him the third year. He's a second round pick. He's getting his number one wide receiver back. His offensive line is finally shoring up to the point where it's going to be a very good offensive line. And if he still fails, if he's still throwing stupid interceptions and putting the defense at a disadvantage, then he's not the guy. Plain and simple. And coming up here in just a moment, Broncos country, we're going to continue our discussion with Patrick and Mario about various topics related to how easy it is for fans to want to push a quarterback out the door. Given the circumstances, we compare it to Garrett Bowles' situation. We talk about continuity, and we have a little bit more of an outlook on the season for 2021. But before we continue our conversation, folks, i got to tell you guys about the other sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there, rockauto.com. I love rockauto.com, and I'll tell you why here. Rockauto.com, they're a family-owned business that's been serving auto parts customers 
customers online for over 20 years. You can't beat that. You can go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And they have everything that you could be looking for for your vehicle, whether you're working on a project in the garage trying to restore up an old classic or it's for your daily driver. You could get brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even new carpet, air fresheners, if that's your thing as well, at rockauto.com. Whether it's for your classic or daily driver, you get everything that you need in just a few easy clicks delivered directly to your doorstep. And the rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. When I had to purchase something for my vehicle, I was able to go through and look based on year, make, model, and I was able to choose the brands, specifications, and the prices that I prefer. Very easy at rockauto.com. And best of all, prices at rockauto.com, they're always reliably low, and they're the same for professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why spend up to twice as much for the same parts elsewhere? Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Lockdown Broncos in their How Did You Hear About Us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts that your car will ever need. rockauto.com Yeah, I I mean, he was going through, the whole offense was going through their own growth issues, you know, throughout the season, you had a a rookie center who was struggling at times. And, you know, the rookie wide receivers were dropping clutch passes that they should have caught. Um, you know, and I mean, God, the page, I, I always think back to like the Patriots game where drew lock had no touchdowns and two interceptions. He should have had three touchdowns and two interceptions, but you know, those are, well, but those no, are if, he, if he has those touchdowns, they're not throwing yeah, at yeah. the end of the game and he probably doesn't yeah. throw picks. Exactly. So uh, the Chargers, be box score warriors who tell you that yeah. that was a terrible game for drew lock because they don't understand football because they're filthy casuals. Yeah. I've got so, a whole film I, review on that game there. And Drew yeah. It, and it's, it, it's, it's one of those situations where, you know, the odds were stacked against him and, you know, he didn't perform to people's lofty expectations, but Mario, I mean, you brought up a great point. Garrett Bowles was one of those guys that even, you know, admittedly myself, I was critical of, I, because he wasn't playing up to a good standard and then he turned it around and we really saw him turn it around and, and that growth and that coaching and, and being able to kind of develop, that's what football in the NFL is about is guys coming in from the league or from college and developing into good players. Not every quarterback that gets drafted in the first round is a home run. It just, it, that's just the truth. Very few of them are. Exactly. Well, think about think about continuity. What what did Garrett Bowles have for the first time in his career? The same offensive line coach going into his season, and, and I, you know it, it helps which, you have the which best. Drew Locke hasn't had, and the craziest no, thing is that these these people who are like now the biggest Garrett Bowles fans. Yeah, it took him until his fourth year to finally finally figure it out and become the player that a lot of people or some people me sorry knew that he could. So you're telling me that you're willing to be patient for. Four years with a first round left tackle, but you're not going to give two and a half seasons to a second round quarterback. So what the hell is wrong with you? The, the, the importance of continuity, Cody, the last time that drew lock had an offensive, the same offensive coordinator for back-to-back seasons, he broke the sec touchdown passing record through 44 touchdowns in a college season. That OC left. What happened the next year? His numbers went down. Continuity is so important, especially for NFL guys, to continue to grow and learn the game of football. It, it's why, just that's why these people that call for the firings of 
every offensive coordinator, every defensive coordinator, every coach, it, it proves to you that they don't understand the game and the subtle nuances to it because you don't just fire people. And you're right. It's because of continuity. Like they probably should not have fired Scangarello for being perfectly honest, because now there's people no. saying they need to fire Shermer. Really? So that Drew Locke can have his third offensive coordinator in his three years in the league and what is like six in the last seven years or something like that. It's like you don't just fire people. Sometimes you got to stick it out, man, for better or for worse. If like like you said, just like (laughs) the girl that Patrick's dating, it's like she's got to have to stick it out with Pat through the goods and the bads because the goods are going to be good, but the bads are going to be bad. So like you said, Mario, give Drew Locke 2021. Yeah, he either sinks or he swims. If he sinks, hey, we move on. We go get a free agent. Maybe they trade for Deshaun Watson next year, uh, you know, or they draft someone. But if he if he swims and he does well, guess what? You you still have your picks. You still have your players, and then you can continue to build. There's a lot of question marks that are going to be on the defense in the coming years. How are you going to fix them if you give all your picks to the Houston Texans? Because you know what's going to happen if you do that? And, and look, I would love to have Deshaun Watson on the Broncos. Yeah, who wouldn't? But if, but, if, but if I'm trading a lot of picks to the Texans for Deshaun Watson, you know what the Broncos become? They become the Texans. <laughs> where you have... Yeah, where you have exactly. you, hey, you have a great... Your offense is putting up 30 points a game, but your defense is giving up 40. What are you going to do to fix that? And Deshaun Watson still running for his damn life because we can't afford any offensive linemen. But hey, you traded a first round pick for a left tackle. That's fantastic. Who's still holding more than Garrett Bowles did in his first three seasons? <laughs> yeah. So you know, it, it, we can sit Which here. And up, throw, isn't it, is that's the third overall pick, isn't it, or fourth? Yeah, yes, third. So uh, they gave pick. up their third overall pick for Laramie Tunsil. And that is why you don't always who made who trade. made the Pro Bowl over Garrett Bowles. <laughs> he did. Well, let's think about it this way too, and I think this applies not only just for like fans, but even even myself as media. You know, we have we have our ideas and opinions, but the people at the end of the day that actually know the realistic nature behind the business of the NFL and trades and what makes sense for them, it's the guys in the organization. And every vibe I've gotten from George Payton, he said it in his introductory press conference. We're going to be aggressive. We're going to be on an every deal as long as it makes sense, but we're not going to be reckless. In my opinion, trading three first-round picks, yep. two second-round uh, second picks, and two third-round picks, and two defensive players, which would more likely be young guys potentially like Draymond Jones or even Bradley Chubb, you're giving up essentially five to six players total or potential players for one guy. It, and you better, hope, you better hope that you score 50 points a game, right? Because that's the only way that you're going to be in games. Yeah, and you're going to give up 38, you know, you, you got to be able to have that counter, you know, the counterpoint there. I just think that everybody's looking at the quarterback position as a comparison as, oh, well, the Chiefs have their guy. We want ours. The Chargers have their guy. We want ours. The Raiders, I don't know if they have their guy, but, you know, we'd like him too. The guy wears eyeliner. They don't have their guy. <laughs> but even like, here's the, the the crazy nature of this whole argument is that we are comparing, I mean, not we, but people are comparing other people's situations as if the same situation would apply in Denver. Like Denver is a completely different situation than teams like Kansas City. I would like a balanced team. And look, we saw this in the Super Bowl. And I know that there's people who are going to get mad that I say this, but we saw a, a team that was well balanced on the offensive side of the ball. They were balanced. They didn't have, they weren't like elite. They weren't this high, high octane offense. And then we had a very legitimate defense that we saw in Tampa Bay. 
They shut down the NFL's best offense. They held them to nine points, zero touchdowns in the game. I would rather have a more competitive, balanced team around my organization if I'm the GM than just going all in on one position. Because guess what, folks? Football is an 11 versus 11 game. You can have the best quarterback in the world, but if you don't have an offensive line for him, if you don't have weapons around him, he's not going to do anything. Look at Deshaun Watson in Houston this past season. He put up phenomenal numbers, but he had nothing around him. Yeah, and that how, defense how was did they terrible. turn out? How did they turn out? Four wins. Exactly. Four wins. That that's the nature. Every you know, this isn't Madden, folks. You can't turn the salary cap off and just say, "Hey, I'm going to trade this, 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 and this." It doesn't work that way. Like football is so complex. I Even did that, and I gave game. Justin Simmons a two hundred million dollar contract extension. See, and <laughs> the, the agent would have accepted that there, right? But there are the organizations aren't going to be stupid. Now, look with Joe Ellis on his way out after this season. There's going to be a transition to a new CEO. George Payton is in full control of this organization. I think the Broncos are in really great hands because of his background. Now we're going to wait and see how the results play, but I'm not going to judge George Payton based off of one year. Like for example, the Broncos go 11 and five, make the playoffs. I'm not going to be like George Payton, George Payton, George Payton. I'm going to say, look, you know, that's a great first year for George Payton. What's he going to do in his second season as GM? You can't just get caught up in being happy with the moment, right? Just you have to, it's, it's a marathon, not a sprint. You have to, the overall body of work is more important. I think for the Denver Broncos, where they are at as an organization, they are trying to figure out, we have a young offense. We want to develop these guys and we hope it works out, but we also need to build our defense. That way it can help sustain that. Not to the point where the defense is going to carry the offense, but they believe that coming into 2021, the offense is going to be better. Well, than it Co- was last year. Cody, the point that you made about the Super Bowl, that should illustrate and show you everything that you need to know. It's like, and I don't know how more Bronco fans don't know this. We literally won a Super Bowl based on that exact same logic. You don't need Drew Locke to be a top five guy. You need him to clean up his gameplay. You need him to not go three and out. You need him to convert first downs from third downs into first downs. You definitely need him to turn the ball over less. But look at like, yeah, Tom Brady won the Super Bowl, but did Tom Brady beat the Chiefs or did Devin White and Levante David and Antoine Winfield Jr. and Shaq Barrett, did they beat that team? It's like, yeah, obviously it's, it's Tom Brady. He had a really good game. The Chiefs scored nine points. We know now that they are human. So I would much rather have a defense be able to hold the Chiefs theoretically, let's say to two touchdowns. Let's say you hold them to 14 or 17 points. That is which a much more- Which did that this year. Which they did, but then they couldn't score points. So now it all needs to come together, right? The focus has to be on defense because defense wins championships. We know this. But like you said, man, you have a well-rounded team. That's how you beat the Chiefs. You don't beat the Chiefs just because you have an all-world quarterback and throw everything else out the window. You beat them in every phase of the game. And you just have to make sure that Drew Locke cleans his crap up. Like I said, doesn't need to be top five. Be top 12, man. Be top 12, Drew. Just don't throw a lot of picks and we'll be did fine. We, did we see the Broncos in 2019 defensively against Deshaun Watson, who still had DeAndre Hopkins, by the way? <clears throat> I mean, defensively, Denver made Deshaun Watson's life a living hell. And they won the, they didn't, his, they, didn't they win their division that year? Uh, I they got to the they, I think they did because the, the Titans were yeah, the wild card team because the they, Titans had beaten the yeah. Ravens that year. Yeah. yeah, they got to the AFC Championship. No, game. no, no, no. The Titans were in the AFC Champ game. They choked the week before in the divisional yeah. round to the Chiefs. Yeah, You're right. And they were they were up twenty four zero on them. Yeah, and look. I think a lot of the appeal that we've seen with Deshaun Watson is that you know, hey, he's competed with the Chiefs. Well, guess what? His defense sucked. Absolutely sucked. But 
we've seen Vic Fangio create these defensive formulas and blueprints that other teams have used. And Tampa Bay copied a little bit of his style there. And look what happened. You know, Vic's not going to take any credit for anything. He's going to say, look, that's great coaching by them and everything like that. But I think the, the narrative applies the same. You can get a quarterback, but look, if you don't have the, like I said, if you don't have a defense that can stop anybody, it's pointless. We it really, three, and that's what Deshaun Watson was in Houston. Didn't we have three rookie cornerbacks starting at some point, two of which were undrafted rookies. One of the dudes starting at cornerback was Will Parks, who was a safety. If you can put together a defense that is held together by scotch tape, you actually get some pieces in, then – Harris was starting at cornerback. Exactly. That's the difference between a really good or above-average defense, which statistically the Broncos have been, and being an elite defense. And granted, all the injuries that they succumbed to, yeah, that was a huge part of it. But you get more pieces in, and you still have the mastermind that is Big Fangio calling these defenses. Your offense needs to score about 22, 23 points a game, which in today's NFL needs to be easy, to be perfectly blunt. You need to do that with relative ease. Well, and this has been a great conversation, gentlemen. I mean, a lot of insight. And look, so much is going to change. Mario, you alluded to it like probably like 20 minutes ago. You alluded to the fact that, hey, th- so much is going to change in the next couple of months that we, you know, our thoughts on the draft may be completely obsolete. I mean, things can change there. So we're going to get together once again here very soon, uh, even after some of the dominoes fall in free agency and once the NFL draft approaches. And we're actually going to really kind of analyze where they are at. I mean, we're going to have a better idea as to the operational mindset of George Payton. And we're going to see really where this Broncos team is at on paper or at least going into next season. Uh, but gentlemen, you guys can follow Patrick Kiyote at Patrick Kiyote on Twitter. You can follow Mario Vitanzi at Mile High Mario. Mario is a guy, look, that, that's why I love Mario. I bring him on the show. He's blunt and, and he's firm in his opinions and beliefs. And I love that about Mario because not only does he have fun with it, but I mean, this is something that, I mean, he works with players all the time. Um, and, and he has a really great perspective on those relationships that he's built with these players. And he knows a lot more than most people do. So folks, like I said, Mario Vitanzi, the GOAT, as always, well-adjusted. <laughs> Get yourself a hoodie, Omni Chiropractic, going to a great co- going to a great cause. Go to his Twitter profile. Look at the pinned tweet on there as well if you want. It's to actually see. over, but thanks for that. Well, even then, it's you still run. You can Let's buy them. I, I got some extras. If you're interested, I'll, I'll, I think I got some extras. You can hit me up. <laughs> See, perfect. At Mile High Mario on Twitter, folks. But with that said, I'm Cody Rourke, host of Lockdown Brackos. We'll see you tomorrow for a brand new episode of the show.